The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Hi, welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. <clears throat> I am Ann Beal. And today I have a wonderful guest on. His name is Freddie Milligan, and he's the owner-operator of Longhorn CrossFit here in Azle, Texas. He has been a personal trainer since 1995, and he spent the last 10 years in Los Angeles, California, training celebrities and high-level athletes. He's also run boot camps, and he's a personal trainer, teacher, and he's a speed technician and explosive moment movement techniques where he trains about speed and agility, and he has so many certifications and training certifications. Um, he's a fitness specialist, and he loves helping people strive towards unlocking their potential. Welcome to the show, Freddie. Hi, how you doing? Good, good. Did I leave anything out? Uh, I don't know. You know, you go through so many different things as, you know, you start in the world of being a trainer, you think you're going to teach somebody how to gain muscle, or you think you're going to teach somebody how to be fast, or to be lean and fit and do a show and it leads into one thing and you end up becoming a specialist of biomechanics and then you become a rehab guy and you become this and you become that and it just kind of goes from one thing to another so you know we are where we are with just a collection of the the information I've learned over the years. And how old are you? I'm 38. He's 38 but he looks like he's about 28 um, or 25. Mm -hmm. I won't go any younger because I don't want you to think. <laughs> I, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So are you a biomechanic? What did you say that Specialist. Was? Specialist. Biomechanic specialist, yeah. Awesome. I went to the Cooper Institute in Dallas. That's where I got my first certification. I believe they call that a physical fitness specialist. But then I went back a couple years later and got a, a specialty cert in biomechanics. And that's basically just understanding how the body's supposed to move from the inside out. Instead of trying to get our body to do certain things, we studied how the body is intended to move. And then we learn how to do movements based on how the body's supposed to work anyway. So do all CrossFit owners, and uh, do they all have that kind of background? No. Um, you know, the, the wonderful thing about CrossFit is that um, it's a format um, that perpetuates a really healthy lifestyle, a really good community, uh, and a lot of activity, uh, a lot of room to improve in a lot of different areas. But CrossFit is only 12 years old, give or take. So mm -hmm. it started with a guy named Greg Glassman, and, and he started basically just trying to find a better, better way to personal train. When he created CrossFit, it was something he started trying with one or two people, and it was challenging, and it was fun, and it was exciting. And those people turned into more people, and it just kind of grew from there as an experiment, so to speak, um, something he believed would work. And as it grew... Uh, it developed into something where it was too big to have in one location, so they had a couple of people teach somewhere else, and so it started almost like a buddy challenge. 
hey, let's do this. It'll be really hard. Hey, this will be really challenging. Hey, let's see if we can combine these two things. And as they worked on those things, um, they started to branch into separate garages. Well, the people who are teaching in garage number three or four, they may not have the same background as Greg Glassman had. So it originally wasn't started as, hey, let's start this you know, world change. It started just with some people doing stuff that they thought was going to be great. And before they knew it, they grew to, you know, five, six, seven years, they grew to seven, 8,000 gyms. And they created a, a small um, level one training course to give people the basics of just how to do something for fun. But it turned into a world phenomenon. And now it's grown so fast that now the education process is catching up you know, teaching people how to teach it properly. It's kind of like back in the, when PE first started, physical education started, mm -hmm. they needed people to teach it, but they didn't have people educated enough to teach it. So they threw teachers in and developed physical education. Well, teachers were teaching physical education, but they didn't know physical education. And they weren't specialists. It is amazing how many um, PE teachers or even coaches out there that aren't shaped themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not necessarily people who personally use it or buy into it, drink their own Kool-Aid, right. so to speak. But they do, um, you know, take some courses. But as I'm sure we all know, you can take a course and pass just about anything. It doesn't mean you know it. And it doesn't mean you live it. Well, you look like you know it. And I've been to your gym. I know you know it. I've been practicing <laughs> it a long time. Yeah. I mean, I've only been in CrossFit for about three three years or so, but... You know, the way that that got started was um, over the years, because I specialized in so many different areas for short periods of time, what it ended up happening was, you know, originally I just wanted to have huge muscles uh, because I graduated high school. I weighed 90 pounds. That is a great story. Yeah, I wanted to be big. I found a magazine when I was uh, 14, 15 years old that had a bodybuilder on the front and instantly changed everything for me. Uh, I didn't even know human beings could look like that. My stepdad was huge, had big, giant muscles. Um, and I didn't even know that was a big appeal to me as much until I saw it. And I saw it, grabbed the magazine, sprinted to my friend's house, told him about it. And we started training. We started reading everything we could in that magazine and we started growing. But as that process went through, uh, eventually I wanted to teach people how to lose weight. Uh, people wanted to be in, into bodybuilding, which is what I started in. And then people wanted to become faster people wanted to become stronger. But they wanted it because did you obtain your goal? Uh, I did, actually. Uh, the first gym I joined when I graduated high school, I weighed 92 pounds, and uh, I met a world strongman whose name was Blake Galtana. Uh, he's passed away now since then, but he was a, a giant man, like 6'8", 380 pounds, just a behemoth. Bench pressed 900. Um, so he was a guy I met and kind of became friends with, and I'm 90 pounds, so we looked really funny when we go, <laughs> go to eat. Picturing it. Um, but he started teaching me about nutrition and, and how to gain weight because he saw me training properly and wanted me to get the proper benefits. So I gained 85 pounds over the next three years, and people saw that happening. And uh, I mean, I gained 12 pounds in the first 10 days that I started eating the way he instructed me to eat. And people saw that change instantly. And so they started saying, oh, how did you do this? How did you do that? And I started inadvertently training people. Um, I didn't feel right about charging anyone because it was simple in my brain. Uh, the body is something that just kind of comes natural to me. Um, so when people were asking me for help, I didn't feel right charging them money because I thought, well, doesn't everyone know this? And I, no. I later on realized, no, they don't. Just like I don't know how to necessarily fix my own car. Uh, they don't know how to fix their own bodies. And so 
uh, after one thing led to another, um, I slowly just started emphasizing on one area and then I grew into another area. And as I moved around and, you know, went from different gym to gym and lived in different cities and different states, I started specializing in other areas. And as it all came together, I one day realized that in the bodybuilding world, there was a lot of stuff that was really successful for people. And then in the explosive movement world, people enjoyed being fast, even though they never really wanted to be fast or thought it was a possibility. And then when I got into biomechanics and I started specializing in how to correct posture and working in rehab stuff, what I found was that people who are in pain all the time were super happy when they realized that they didn't have to be in pain. And it was just a matter of correcting posture and, and working on the body. So as all of that stuff rolled one thing into another, I began to look back on the 10, 15 years of my training at that point and saying, I should really sit down and put together all the different pieces that work the best from all the different areas that I've worked in and specialized in. And I was just too busy, and I never made the time to sit down and do it. And when CrossFit came out, I thought it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I saw a guy teaching it in the park. It was horrible. Um, it was one of those people who was just teaching somebody some crazy movement because they thought it was hard, uh, not because they were actually trying to improve someone's body. They were just trying to make them sweat a lot right? Something really challenging. Um, so later on, I ended up looking into CrossFit. And what I found out about Greg Glassman is that what he intended it to be was an all-encompassing community affair. Uh, and he really thought out a lot of different pieces. And, and what I realized was he took all of those things that I said I wanted to get the best parts of rehab work, the best parts of strength training, the best parts of speed training, the best parts of body transformation, and put those together into one training pot. Um, model and he had already done it and so the more and more I explored about CrossFit headquarters and and who Greg Glassman was the more and more I realized that he had created all of the things that I knew worked and he took the time to put the package together and then I started down the road of CrossFit and I just started studying you know the things that he did and the methods and the ways he put it all together and you know three four years later here we are how would, <clears throat> how would you feel about giving the listeners, um, a food plan as we go on, just a basic, cause they're all going, I want to know how to do that. Right. Yeah. And so would you, would you be able to just simplify it and give them like you gave me, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, just a simple eating yeah. plan that would definitely improve their health and their, and really their weight and their energy easily. Yeah. Well, generally, um, you know, kind of like the, the world of biomechanics, when you study things from the inside out, uh, you treat the body a little different. When you're trying to manipulate the body to make it do things that you want it to do, whether they're good for it or not, uh, you start heading down a road with, with increased danger. Uh, in the world of nutrition, uh, I'm not by any means a nutrition specialist. I am not um, any type of you know certified nutrition anything. But uh, in the world of, of fitness, everybody generally comes in because they don't like the way they look or the way they feel. Um, they either think they're fat or they think they're skinny or they think they're something that they don't like and they want to change that. Um, the, the process of changing the way you look, the majority of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, that's nutrition. Right. With nutrition, generally, what you need is you need um, to be able to consume nutrition as frequently as possible, but your body can only digest and absorb nutrition so frequently. So uh, it's that two to three hour window is generally the fastest you can absorb nutrients. So 
every time that you eat, your metabolism speeds up a little bit and you get a little boost. So you're going to burn a little bit more calories. So you eating is causing you to burn more calories. So if you take what would normally be three large meals in a day, which is what, well, actually most people just do two large meals. A lot of people skip breakfast. They'll have a lunch and then they'll have a big dinner and that's it. But if you took those meals, split those up into five or six smaller meals, you're still eating the same amount, but you're spreading it out and eating more frequently and less in each meal. Now you're getting six metabolic boosts throughout the day as opposed to just two. Well, in those two, you may not be able to absorb, absorb all of that food. It may be too much nutrition for one sitting. So you're actually wasting you know, 50, 80% of that nutrition. So the, the basic guidelines that I tell everybody on generally when we start is you want to make sure you're consuming protein every two to three hours. Women are generally 10 to 15 grams of protein is going to be a good amount. Men are going to be somewhere in that 15 to 20 grams of protein every two to three hours. You want to make sure that you're consuming some type of uh, fiber, some type of vegetable, some type of fruit. Almost everybody needs some kind of multivitamin, protein shake, uh, fish oil. Those are, those are the three things that I tell everybody that they generally need. Um, but if you start on that guideline and you're working on every two to three hours, you're getting protein, you're getting vegetables. Uh, you're generally going to reduce the amount of carbohydrate intake that you have. And that's really what has made us fat. Uh, that's what's yeah. made us slow. That's what's made us lethargic. Um, because, you know, carbohydrates affect a lot of people's allergies and they're just unaware of it. So they take in a carb thinking they're going to get energy from it. Well, it may not be a good carb and it may not be good for your body. Uh, some people's bodies just don't respond well to carbs at all. So you take that in and it actually makes you a little more tired then it does make you feel better. Uh, so while people say, I'm carbing up, they don't necessarily need to do that. Most people have enough body fat stored up that they don't need to carb up. And carbs are very calming. You know, bad carbs, they do calm you. Mm-hmm. And I find people like with ADD or things like that, you know, where they say they're kind of hyperactive or nervous, they'll have, you know, a, a roll, you know, like a croissant or a cheese danish or something in the morning, and they, they feel calmer right? But um, then they're also going to have that sugar crash later. But I, but I think that they reach for something quickly to make them feel better for a moment, even though long-term they feel worse. And so for you, you said five, five meals about? Yeah, five to six. I mean, I, I'm, the people that I put on diets, like I have a, a police officer from Fort Worth um, right now, she's on a diet and she has a day where she works almost 24 hours. Wow. She works one shift, gets off, goes to another shift, uh, and she's up for 24 hours. On that day, she eats 12 meals. Okay, because every two hours. she's every two hours. Yeah, and that's really the key, the every two to three hour thing. Mm-hmm. More than, if you think however long you're up, if you eat every two to three hours, then that'll be how many times you eat. Right, right? absolutely. And if every time you have protein, whether you have a protein shake or mm-hmm. meat. It, or it's feeding the machine. Right? Yeah. You're providing yeah. yourself nutrition as opposed to eating because you feel hungry or because you want to eat something or taste something or chew something. You're actually providing yourself what you need, like gas for a car. You don't put gas in your car just because you really want to. You put gas in there because you need to. Well, do you have any suggestions as far as protein shakes? Because, you know, there are a lot out there that are not very good. Yeah, I mean, my favorite that's out there, um, AdvoCare makes a really good protein shake. Um, It's a little on the high side. Jason Witten would love you. Expensive-wise, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, AdvoCare is probably one of the best companies out there for nutrition. Um, It gets a little pricey for most people on the shake side. Uh, it is a great quality shake. Um, my favorite shake is called Dimatize Whey. Uh, you can get it for a pretty good price. If you buy 10 pounds at a time, it's like 60-something cents a shake. 
So would would that be any kind of dimatize, or would it be elite? I know I've seen elite. Uh, they they, they make an elite version. They make a whey version. They make a casein version. Um, I prefer the whey one. You prefer the whey. Um, but some people don't respond well to whey. So you know, it's one of those things you kind of got to try. Uh, when you start taking care of yourself and you start eating well, you need to pay attention to how you feel as you do things, and most people don't do that. So they don't know that, oh, when I take this, my allergies flare up, or oh, when I take that one, it makes me feel lethargic, or oh, when I take that, I don't feel anything, or I take this one and it makes me bloated and I feel like I, I can't go to the restroom or whatever's happening. Um, most people don't pay attention to that, and we need to, because that's the only way you figure out what works best for you. Uh, but the Dimatized Way is, is one of my favorites because it mixes easy, so you can pour it in a bottle of water and shake it. You don't need a shaker, which means you don't have to clean a shaker, and convenience is the key to eating well for most people. Uh, it tastes good. It mixes well. It's low in carbohydrates. It's high in protein. It's got branched-chain amino acids in it, which is going to help your you know, protein absorption and other things like that. So uh, it's really an all-in-one. And that one's much more affordable. You can get that at GNC. Where else can you get uh, it? I think GNC just started carrying it. I normally buy it on bodybuilding.com or bodybuilding yeah, whatever yeah. website sells it. Well, and um, Kyle Brown has a great shake called Fit365. You can get those online at striveforfitness.com. It is more pricey. And I think yeah. that Dimatize is more affordable. Mm -hmm. um, Kyle would say it has... It doesn't have all the great non-GMO, right? Uh, you know, all that, that kind of stuff. I mean, all cows all are of that stuff is organic, is true. Yes, and it's fantastic. It's just dollars for most people. Right. And when the most dollars. people are unhealthy, they're not willing to spend a ton of money for something they don't understand the value of. And yeah. as they get healthier and healthier, most people will start leaning more towards the ones that are cleaner. Yeah, cleaner. and they're healthier. Yeah, but in the beginning, good. they just need to not feel terrible. And it's a good product to get started yeah, with. Yeah, it's easy to get, you know, and so that's the thing about the Dimatize. Yep. So um, those are great recommendations. Is there anything as far as fat? Because you did mention fish oil, right? Yeah. Um, get people need their oils. They need fat in mm -hmm. some way. Is there any recommendation other than about uh, that? Yeah, you know, one of the best fats out there is, I mean, fish oil is the best, uh, in my opinion. I believe that uh, avocados are great. Uh, but you don't get a whole lot of avocado, you know, per meal uh, to absorb the amount of fat that you need. And that, that's really where most people get a little shocked when they get a taste of a diet that's balanced the way it's supposed to is they get a, a teaspoon sliver of avocado. Mm -hmm. And they think, well, I eat a whole avocado. God, well, yeah. yeah, you're eating three days worth of fat yeah. in one meal. Yeah. Um, but we just don't understand portion. We don't understand the nutritional content in most things. But uh, nuts – um, there's also some oils you can buy at the grocery store. Right now I buy one at Walmart that I mix with my shake, and it's just grapeseed oil. Mm -hmm. um, and I pour a tablespoon of that into a protein shake, so I get a little extra fat out of that. Fat helps to satiate your appetite. It also coats your stomach, keeps you from feeling a little as, as hungry as fast. When you eat cleaner, you get hungrier quicker Yeah, because the food actually gets absorbed. There's also less waste, so you go to the restroom less. Um, so you feel less bloated. Your waist starts shrinking immediately. You're not even losing body fat yet. You're just reducing the side of your, you know, your transit. Now you process. talked about shakes. So if we mix in, what other things could they mix in to make it taste like if they if they have the chocolate or vanilla? But there's things they can mix in there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of people will have peanut butter. Um, when people eat really clean, uh, you're, you know, when you when you take out all the the processed foods and you start eating really clean, your palate changes. It goes back to what I would call neutral. And when your palate goes back to neutral, and then I tell someone, okay, now you can have peanut butter as one of your fats, they come back to me and it's like, 
um, you know, Brad Pitt in that movie where he's an angel. I forgot what it was called. Meet Joe Black. Yeah. He has peanut butter for the first time. And when he has peanut butter, he makes this face like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's incredible. What is this? <laughs> right? And that's how people respond when they've re-cleansed their palate. They eat peanut butter and they can taste the nuts. When they eat the poor, unnatural peanut butter, uh, it tastes like wax. So organic peanut butter. Um, yeah, yeah, organic or, or natural is even natural. a better choice. But yeah. things that aren't roasted is going to help too. Um, those things are going to be cleaner choices, but peanut butter, fish oil, how you know, much? nut oil. How, um, how much peanut butter? Yeah, a teaspoon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, know, that's the tough thing. I just want to throw that you in. You know, the worst thing you can do actually is to combine a carb and a fat together in one meal. They're both energy, mm-hmm. um, but you're, your body's only going to pick one of them to burn. More than likely, it's going to pick the carb. Uh, so if you're putting carbs and fats in on the same meal, one of them is getting stored for later, which turns into fat. Right. The other one is going to be used. So, for example, uh, one of my son's favorite foods is a peanut butter sandwich. Well, I'm putting a carb and a fat in his body at the same time. He's five years old, so he's going to be just fine. But as we grow up and our metabolism is not super fast, putting both of those things in your body at the same time is actually a really bad combo. That's why pizza is so bad. It's cheese and bread, right? And you're putting those two things together, and then you eat a bunch of it. Well, you just stored a whole bunch. So what I tell people is it's like filling your car up with gas. You don't go and pump your car full of gas and then take a gas can and fill it up and put it in your seat. And then the next time, you fill up another gas can and another gas can and another gas can. Well, now your car is loaded down with all this extra gas just because you want to fill up with gas. And that's what we do with food. We're pumping in more than we use, and we're stockpiling it. And then one day we go, oh, I'm so heavy. Well, yeah, you've been pumping a lot of extra gas for a long, long time. But but I do think that... um the nutrition side, because people start CrossFit, then they ask you. Mm-hmm. Just, just pretty much everyone asks you everybody. eventually. Yeah, everybody. Because um, and it, when we talk about, you know, Justin Packshaw, I had him on last week, and he said, "Never forget that humans are meant to excel." And when one starts realizing how capable one is and how adaptive the human spirit is, you will realize that anything is achievable. And that's what you love to show people what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. You take an ordinary, what we would call, or I mean, you walk into CrossFit. And they're just normal people, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all at different levels, but they still, within no time, start feeling so much better. Mm-hmm. People who can't do a single push-up end up, you know, within a couple of months, they can do 10. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it is truly amazing. And so the nutrition side of that, you help them get the energy and it's a quick way for them to feel so much better so that they can do more of the CrossFit. But there are people that <clears throat> don't change their nutrition. Absolutely. And they get stronger and stronger. So what happens with that? Uh, you know, that, like I said, if you want to change the way that you look, uh, that's going to be mostly nutrition. You know, you add in all the exercise with it, and it's going to help to speed that process up. But if you come in and you continue to eat McDonald's and you eat all this food that's really unhealthy uh, and you eat it regularly – it doesn't mean you can't get stronger and you can't get faster. You absolutely can. That's that's training uh, and that's consistency and that's you know just the process of, of putting your body through that resistance and, and that effort. So you can come in and be 400 pounds and train like a madman every single day, um, but we may burn 500 calories in a workout. Well, you could go to McDonald's and eat 2,000 in about 15 minutes. And one burger can be more than 500. Yeah, a normal value meal at McDonald's <laughs> is almost 2,000 calories especially if you add in a soda with that. So you go and you do something like that, well, that's going to take you four days to burn that off, assuming you're not putting more in later, right? So for somebody who comes in, you can always out-eat your workout, always. 
I mean, you could go get a Starbucks drink and that's only 450, 500 calories. You know, you go get a Frappuccino or something. And as delicious as they are, and as much as we would like to think that we deserve a treat every once in a while, it's true if you're good the majority of the time that every once in a while it's a treat. If you're doing it regularly, it's not a treat, it's your lifestyle. So what do they see with results then if they do that? Uh, they are able to do things. They are able to physically get faster, stronger, but their bodies will not change. They may change posture, uh, but the body fat isn't going to go away. So that muscle look, which a lot of the guys want, right? They're, they're not going to be able to see the muscle. The muscle's under fat. Right. I mean, everybody's built a little different. Some people store all of their fat in their you know, hips. Some people store it in their arms. Some people, it's re- very even over their whole body. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's kind of a, a genetic disposition, but... What it really comes down to is if you want to be able to see the muscles that you are building and strengthening, you have to shed off the fat, right? And you can't tell what I look like if I put a parka on. Yeah, and I think that most people want to see the actual toned, Mm -hmm. you know, sharp look. I mean, even if it's a woman, she Mm -hmm. wants to see, you know, people talk about Michelle Obama's arms Mm -hmm. or, you know, Jillian Michael, her arms. You know, when you think of strong-looking arms, well, they're strong-looking, not just because of, it's not really as much because of the working out. I mean, they do get strong, Mm -hmm. but they've gotten rid of that layer of fat so you can see the shape. Yeah, everybody has abs. Yeah. Everybody has a six-pack. You can't see it necessarily, but it, everyone has one, right? I mean, technically, we all have uh, an eight-pack, um, but you rarely see that because there's fat stored up on top of it. And fat is just extra nutrition that's been stockpiled, and we eat a little bit more than we use, and we've saved some, right? It's our savings account. That's how our body treats it. Fat is just a savings account where we have put in the extra, and in order to burn that off, you've got to stop putting in as much and continue to spend or spend more, right? And that's just the process of whittling down. You know, in our bank accounts, we want that savings. But in our bodies, we don't. No, we don't want that savings in our bodies. <laughs> no, no, that's not a good thing. <laughs> we used to because, you know, they'd have those times of, right. you know, no food. Right? Well, that's Family. why our body does what it does. Yeah. Uh, it protects ourselves from ourselves, right? So when you only eat one or two meals a day, wow. your body goes for long periods of time without nutrition. And just because you're full and you're not hungry doesn't mean your body's not starving. Your body's not absorbing any more nutrition after about two, three hours. So once you've passed that part, you might have had some unhealthy food that's sitting in your stomach like a brick for the next four or five hours, and you don't know that your body is hungry because your stomach is full. So you've shut off that receptor. So what you're actually doing is you're stopping yourself from absorbing nutrition. Well, your body's in starvation mode. So what it sees is that you're spending nutrition, you're spending energy, you're spending calories, And as you're spending that, what it sees is that um, you're also not putting anything back in and it starts to panic, right? So if you were to go and we've all done this at one point or another, you have your general lifestyle of spending money and then at one point you spend a little too much over a week or a two-week period, you kind of get carried away and then you see your bank account has dropped and you go, oh no, Mm -hmm. I need to back off. Well, that's what our body does. We're spending calories daily. And we're not putting it in regularly. And our body is monitoring that savings account regularly. So when it sees that the savings is going down and that you're still continuing to burn and burn and burn, it panics. So when you go long periods of time, five, six hours without eating, your body considers that like, I haven't received a paycheck, but we're still spending. And it tries to stop the spending. 
It tries to get you to stop burning body fat, which is your savings account. Well, and I think that that is what's the most frustrating thing. People that don't eat a lot, they get so frustrated they don't lose weight, right? And the metabolism has slowed down. And uh, I think that especially as you get older, it doesn't burn as fast. But there are people of all ages at CrossFit that have really toned immensely. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I see guys doing all those pull-ups and everything, and and no matter what age they are, up on the rings or whatever. It's pretty amazing what you've accomplished there. And I I think one of the greatest things is when we went, all of us, all different sizes, everybody was so motivated. Everybody just looks normal. Everybody's dressed normal. Mm -hmm. Women aren't dressed like half half naked or whatever. Everybody's just in t-shirts and shorts. You'll have those from time to time, but it's not the majority. (laughs) No. And so, and everybody wants the same thing, Mm -hmm. to just get better, get stronger, and get one more push-up or one more pull-up or better handstand or whatever. And so it's just really exciting. Um, So when we come back from the break, I want you to talk more about the actual workout side of what people can do at any level to get stronger and get better because CrossFit is so simple. And um, if people watch CrossFit games, I don't know if you guys have seen the CrossFit games, you're like, oh, my God goodness no way absolutely no way but when you look at where people start and in the gym there it is amazing anyone can do anything yeah and so right after break we want to talk about that and we'll be right back with living well follow us on twitter for more great ideas at voice america empowerment Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Fort Worth, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to lifesolutionscoachingandcounseling.com or email them at lifesolutions.com at yahoo.com. Most married men experience frustration because there are things they want from their wives but don't know how to get them. Nothing seems to work. Desires are unfulfilled, fantasies unrealized, and relationships become stagnant. Men are desperate today for a richer, deeper, more satisfying, and intimate marriage. Dr. Jim Slaughter teaches men how to have the passionate, fulfilling marriage they've always wanted. Call 817-991-4964 or email jslaughterphd at yahoo.com to begin transforming your marriage into what you want it to be. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Living Well. I am Ann Beal, and my guest today is Freddie Milligan, and he's a personal trainer, owner of CrossFit Gym here in Azle, Texas. Uh, It's actually a suburb of Fort Worth in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And we were just talking about nutrition um, and the best way to get that layer of fat off to show your muscles. And Freddie said a very interesting, everyone has, what did you say, everyone has a six-pack? Yeah, yeah, you just can't see it. You just can't see it because there's a layer of fat over it, right? Right. <laughs> and and everyone wants that toned look, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we shared in the last segment, how to get that. Um, the easiest way and the quickest way to actually energize you, 
tone you, give you the look that you want. And then now we're going to talk about getting in shape, doing some of the physical things that you can do to make your body stronger, faster, to have it, you know, just feel better, be healthier. And I, I'm always so impressed, Freddie, about the CrossFit. Um, I was the only one, really, the one to go. And every one of my family was like, uh, no, yeah. right? And so I got them to go and just look, and they all signed up. So it, it was, it was uh, and these are people that, you know, Ashley was totally against right. uh, any of that horrible boot camp kind of thing. Right. <clears throat> and then she went. I'm most surprised about her. Um, I was very surprised about my husband because, <clears throat> you know, he just was like, why would I do that? And so mm -hmm. he, he, I didn't say anything once we got there. He watched. He talked to you. He looked at other people. And now he's addicted. Mm -hmm. That's what he's telling me. <laughs> Sorry about that. And so I'm just like, I can't even believe it. But why would you say your gym that people just get so addicted to it as far as really wanting to be there every day. Um, there's a family dynamic about it as well. But people truly change. They truly, I mean, we see them progress and change. And I, when I see someone that I think is looking really good, I'll say, how long have you been here? Ten months. And I say, how much have you lost? And they'll say, well, you know, 40 pounds or 80 pounds. And then Freddie gave me this diet. Freddie mm -hmm. this, Freddie that. And um, I know everyone there, if they come consistently, is going to reach their goals. Right. But that doesn't happen most of the time with people. No. No, well, you know, the, the process of um, how I came to CrossFit is a, is a big reason of, of what we do. You know, the general principles of CrossFit are phenomenal. CrossFit by itself is amazing. Um, the warm-up that we do, uh, the extra time and attention that we take to make sure everyone understands the movements the best we can day by day, you're not going to um, learn how to squat snatch on day one. It's not going to happen. That's something that your your body's not prepared for, and it takes time and practice and mobility and and things like that. But the process and the, and the effort that we put in to making sure that you understand what you're doing and that you're properly warmed up, uh, that's my background. Uh, that's not a CrossFit thing. Uh, I love CrossFit. CrossFit was intended to be done, I believe, the way that I'm doing it. Um, but a lot of people just look at it like a hard workout. And so unfortunately, there are some bad sides of, of CrossFit out there because it's just like a mechanic. You can have good mechanics. You can have bad mechanics. Uh, I just posted on my Facebook yesterday. I reposted a video uh, that is my worst nightmare. Now, is that the Longhorn CrossFit Facebook? Yep. yep. <clears throat> I posted on there. Somebody had posted a video that um, a, a CrossFit played of these people lifting weights, and they were being coached and encouraged through the most horrendous, terrible technical thing that I've ever seen. And uh, uh, I went on and left some comments. I don't regret leaving those comments. Um, it, it was really terrible. Um, because they can get hurt. Oh, yeah. It was extremely dangerous. <coughs> um, they were coach, coaching effort, which is uh, admirable. Um, but effort under heavy load and poor mechanics uh, is going to knock somebody out for weeks, months, or years uh, because of an injury. And then how, how much have you helped them? Um, yeah. so effort is one thing, but, but being able to do things well is another. So what we try really hard to do at our gym is to build that sense of community, uh, to constantly work towards, uh, eliminating negative self-talk and working towards the option of believing in yourself. Uh, the option of, instead of assuming that you can't do things, how about we try it? Uh, how about we just see what happens? You know, just, uh, let yourself be surprised. Uh, don't just assume that you can't do it. And so I work really hard, and especially in the in the beginning, first couple of months when we opened this one, uh, we worked really hard at, at not allowing people to say negative things about themselves. Uh, 
And in doing that, everybody became really encouraging, and we built this community that was really, really tight. And because we all have gone through such a dramatic transformation ourselves, we're excited when someone comes in who's really out of shape and, you know, they're just a hot mess and super confused and they think they're too old or they're too fat or they're too slow or they're, they're whatever. We all recognize that in them and we instantly want to help them go down the road we just went down because in a year from now, they're going to be working out side by side with us and pushing us to go faster or heavier or to not take a break. And they're going to be one of our workout partners. And so that sense of community is we're, we're not one of those things where we develop cliques. Um, there's going to be certain people that will get along better than others. But uh, generally, we want a big family where we can all be pushed in other ways. Because there's not too many of us who are going to go to the World CrossFit Games, which you mentioned before the break. And the CrossFit Games, by the way, are a... Uh, they are a test of fitness, not so much a uh, picture of what CrossFit is. Those are people who think that they are the best in the world at anything that you throw at them. And they work their way through the Open and Regionals, and they make it to the World Games, and they get to be tested there. And the person who can withstand any of those tests um, ends up being the fittest man or woman on earth. Uh, that is not a normal day at CrossFit. No. Uh, the normal day in our CrossFit is you come in, you go through a warm-up, you go through teaching time, uh, then you start practicing your movements, and you know we jump in and do a workout together as a group. But your warm-up, that is the one thing. Like The warm-up, the, f- <laughs> the first time I did it, because mm-hmm. you spend um, how many sessions? Five, five sessions. Five on-ramp yeah. five sessions. Five one-hour sessions. Yeah. One-on-one, training mm-hmm. people just to get them ready for just the Just for the warm-up, really. Right. Yeah. And the warm-up itself, the first day, I went through the warm-up, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, that was a good workout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Ashley said, that's the trainer, mm-hmm. okay, now we're going to start the workout. And I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, when I first started, uh, before I opened my own CrossFit, I actually – I didn't think I was going to open one until 2015. I ended up opening that uh, Longhorn CrossFit Nasal in 2014, but I had already drawn out a year's worth of programming. Uh, every day I had it all planned out, and um, it was just a dream at the time, you know, that I would open one. I, I thought it would be effective, and so I drew it all out. But then the first day I had the gym open, I had um, 38 people in there spread out throughout the classes throughout the day. Um, when I went to teach people the warm up, uh, I full-on thought I was going to get through the warm-up in about 10 minutes and then take them through the workout. Mm-hmm. Well, they were exhausted. And <laughs> we made it through three movements of the 12 movements in the warm-up. And I went, okay, uh, I'm, I'm a little too far ahead here. And so I backed off. And it, it ended up taking us five days to teach the warm-up. Uh, but I, that was me teaching it to every class every day just by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, several of those people who were there at that time are now my coaches uh, and they have mentored under me for the last year. But that process um, really showed me that I overestimated where people start. I underestimated how difficult basic body weight movements are. Um, and so I scrapped my program and just started over. And I just went day by day, and I based um, tomorrow's workout off of how I saw people handling today's workout. And if I saw that it was heavy on the hips or the back or anything like that, then I would make the next day something that wasn't so, um, you know, destructive or tough or whatever on the hips and back. And we would we would focus on something else or learn another movement. So if we talk about the warm up a little bit, mm-hmm. I actually 
believe with all my heart and soul, and so if I'm wrong, just let me know. Mm -hmm. If someone just did the warm-up every day Mm -hmm. or three times a week, Mm -hmm. right, four times a week, Mm -hmm. you can tell me how many. But if they just did that warm-up, they would get stronger and feel better. Um, for the first, you know, four to six weeks, probably. Okay. You know, like the general bodybuilding principle, and this is one of those things that, that crosses over and, and a lot of people argue with CrossFit because their bodybuilding background, um, the general way your body works is it'll adapt to any movement you do in four to six weeks, wow. give or take. So, you know, you think about it as if you were a construction worker, let's say a roofer, you're going to go start hammering nails in all day and putting shingles on a roof. Well, by the end of the day, your hand is going to be so exhausted and your forearm is going to be wore out from swinging a hammer that many times in one day. But how do you explain that people do that day in, day out for years and years and years? They get used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, their body adapts and our body's really good at adapting. It's adapting. It's good at adapting to activity and inactivity. Our body becomes very efficient at doing nothing. It also becomes very efficient at doing anything. So that's why you can have a construction worker that doesn't have giant Popeye forearms, and he also can still have a giant fat belly. Right. Right? How do you do physical labor all day long and still be overweight, especially in Texas when it's 110 <laughs> degrees outside? Yeah. Right? So the, the warm-up is something that's great, and I wanted some everybody to have, and I've been teaching a warm-up like that for 10, 15 years now. And you don't find that at most CrossFit gyms? Uh, you know, some of them do. Some um, of them. Uh, the gym that I started at did one that was very similar to mine, but a lot of CrossFits and a lot of gyms in general, the warm-up will be go and do these exercises, um, you know, and they'll create like a mini wad, you know, mini workout of the day, and they'll have them do, you know, kettlebell swings and run, and, you know, and that will be their warm-up. Their warm-up is literally meant to warm your body up as opposed to mine is more to prepare your body for movement. And protect it. Right. So yeah. to open up joints, break up scar tissue, increase flexibility, range of motion, so that when you jump into a workout, your body is already prepped to move in the way that you're going to need it to move. Well, and just the jump roping in the warm-up, right? The jump roping, uh, 100 jump rope. Mm-hmm. Um, I had hurt my ankle uh, almost a year before. Mm-hmm. And so I was a little timid about the jump roping, right? And it was fine. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the things that you guys do, if I have, you know, if I have anything like my ankle or somebody says they're back, mm-hmm. um, you guys work with them right. to keep it safe mm-hmm. and to and to get it better. Well, that, and that's a common misconception is that most people think that they're the only ones who are hurt. <laughs> Everybody's hurt. Everybody. Uh, you know, it's not CrossFit that hurts people. It's not yoga that hurts people. It's life. Right. It's, it's honestly, it's being sedentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's sitting around and not being active. And then all of a sudden you fall and your body's not ready to catch itself and you strain an ankle or a hip or a back or whatever. But everyone who comes in has some type of ache and pain. Yeah. You know, the best athletes on the planet that we watch play football on Sundays, we watch in the Olympics, they all have aches, pain, stiff muscles, strained joints. They all have something wrong with them. And we assume that they don't. And that's why they're able to do what they do. Nope, they just figured out a way to deal with it, work around it, make it better, um, and and just handle it. And that's why if you're hurt or if you're in pain, mm-hmm. don't stay home. The best thing to do is to come in and, and work out or at least work on some mobility for the day. Or stretching, whatever you need right. to do. Like even if it's the shoulder, you have mm-hmm. exercises for that. Yep. And so a lot of people think, oh, I, I'm, I'm hurting, I can't go. And so what Ashley would say is don't stay home. You know, yep. and that's what you should come. And that's right. what Jim's trainer, Nick, was saying. Come yep. on in. And it really surprised him that by the end of the workout, 
and definitely the next day, his shoulder didn't hurt anymore or his knee didn't hurt anymore right. or his back didn't hurt anymore because it just seems to go against what you would think, right? Yeah. So if you were going to give just an average person out there mm-hmm. um, some of the workout, like a just like a a basic, if they're not near Longhorn CrossFit, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what, what, were, what would you suggest some basic workouts for them that they could do? You know, generally the best thing that, or the thing that people need the most um, is support for the midline, you know, something to strengthen their core. So, you know, the abdominal muscles, the oblique muscles, all the stuff in the lower back, uh, glutes, thighs, um, everything from the rib cage to the top of the knee. Uh, if we could train everything in there, that's the best thing we can do. So generally, if you're at home, um, you know, we live in this digital world that has access to everything. Oh, yeah. uh, you can YouTube any video you want on any movement you want. And and one of my heroes, his name is Kelly Starrett. How do you spell uh, that? Starrett is S-T-A-R-R-E-T-T. Uh, he wrote a book called Becoming a Supple Leopard. And what the book is geared around uh, is how to increase mobility, how to do things properly. Well, he also was uh, challenged to make a video every day on YouTube on a different body part or a different injury or a different strain or a different movement. And so if you go search Kelly Starrett on YouTube, you can literally look up any exercise, especially ones that involve CrossFit or body weight. Look up any exercise you want, and he's going to teach you how to do it, but he's also going to teach you the proper range of motion. And if you don't have the range of motion, or it hurts when you do that movement. It doesn't mean the movement ba- is bad. It means you've got stiffness or swelling or inflammation or something like that going mm-hmm. on in your body. He teaches you how to fix that or clean it up at home. And he can teach you how to do everything properly. And he's got seven, eight hundred, a thousand videos maybe now. Wow. And you can literally search for anything you want and find it. And he can tell you how to do it. But the best things in general, squats sit-ups. You know, I, I hear from time to time that doctors will say, oh, you know, you shouldn't squat anymore. Well, what am I supposed to do if I drop my keys? <laughs> what am I supposed to do if I have to sit on the toilet? Because if you don't ever do that, then when you finally have to, you can hurt yourself. Oh, absolutely. It is amazing. People will say just bending over or reaching across mm-hmm. to, you know, pull a leaf off a tree or something, they'll pull a muscle, mm-hmm. right? I or, mean, I or- used to train a lady who was a ballet dancer on Broadway. Uh, she also ran in the Olympics for Brazil back in the day, and she was a phenomenal athlete, could jump over my head, do the splits while doing a 360. I trained her how to be a trainer, and one day I said, hey, grab that jump rope. We're going to go on the back. I'm going to teach you some boxing skills. She went to pick up the jump rope, strained her back, picking up a jump rope. Now, this lady could do a double backflip. She could do anything. Um, and she was one of the fastest females I've ever seen in my life. And she strained her back picking up a jump rope. Uh, it can happen during anything. Well, but it is, that says something about this one, your warm up that I find now, it, it does <clears throat> kind of include anything that you might do during the Absolutely. day, Absolutely, yep. you know, and it's these movements of just leaning over, stretching this way, stretching that way, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it does seem like you help people if they did that in the morning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have. Do you have a video of that warm-up anywhere? No, not yet. We've been fine-tuning it over the last year and a half. We've taken some things out. We've added some things. Um, We've just about got it exactly where we want it to be. Um, We've got a couple little tweaks that we're going to add in there. You know, some of the stuff that we do in the warm-up is, yes, it's geared towards getting you used to the motion or the movement that you're going to do, but really I designed it to prep all the joints and the muscles that you're going to need. You don't necessarily have to do every movement you're going to do. You just have to be able to work the muscles that are going to be needed for that movement. You know, like the the book that Kelly 
Starrett wrote was called Becoming a Supple Leopard. And that, the concept behind it was, can you wake up and run at full sprint? For most people, the answer is no. No. Uh, but, but a leopard can, right? And that's, uh, it came up as a joke one day, and, that, and he just titled his book that. But the idea is, um, can you work on mobility? Can you keep yourself flexible enough? Can you keep yourself healthy enough? That at some point, if your house caught on fire, you could get out without pulling a hamstring. You know, could you do that? And that's really the concept behind what Kelly Starrett does and what CrossFit is all about is being prepared for the unknown and the unknowable at any time. And if you warm yourself up properly, you should be able to do just about anything that you want to do within, you know, common sense. You should be able to do anything you want to do and and not really risk injury. Well, and I, you know, two of the movements that we do during the warm up, the, um, the push-ups, mm-hmm. I was like, it has on there 10 push-ups. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, we'll see. Because I used to be able to do push-ups, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you guys teach the snake mm-hmm. that you lay, and then you just, how would you describe it? Uh, well, when you lay down flat and you go to press yourself up, your hips come off the ground after your chest comes off the ground. Uh, and I have people do that as opposed to doing what was classically called the girl push-up from right. your knees. Um, because it's very easy to go from your knees and keep your hips up in the air and you're not strengthening core and you're actually pressing using a little more shoulder than you are pec and tricep. And if you snake, it's going to force you to use a little bit more pec and tricep. And, and those are the safer muscles to use around the shoulder. Now a snake kind of looks like somebody who can't do a push up, And so they it's like a worm. Yeah. yeah. Like a worm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, well, I, I tried and you have us go all the way down mm-hmm. to the ground, mm-hmm. barely, you know, just then push up, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't do that at all. And right. so I started snaking up, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one day I went, and I don't know, maybe in the second or third week, and I saw that people weren't going all the way down, mm-hmm. you know? And so I thought, oh, I can do that. So mm-hmm. I did 10. Mm-hmm. I was so amazed. Right. And I, I was like, wow, I did 10. I did 10. And so I mentioned it to Ashley, and she said, that's not the right way. Mm-hmm. You will get stronger if you snake up. Mm-hmm. Until you can go all the way down and push up. Right. Don't don't do it that way because you right. won't get stronger. She goes, mm-hmm. it looks good, it may make you feel better, but if you really want to get stronger, do the snake. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, okay. Well, range of motion is a big thing, and you know we get these mental blocks. You know, like you think about a, a world bench press record. Um, you know, some guy who bench presses a thousand pounds, uh, he didn't learn to do that just by doing regular bench presses. He does bench where he goes halfway down and presses up, and he does a lot of reps at that at high weight. Then he does reps where he goes all the way down and only presses halfway up and then back down. You have what we call stick points, you know, points where you get stuck. So if you get used to doing a half push-up, you're creating a stick point. And that also has a little mental disadvantage to where when you go to go past that stick point, you feel like you're going to collapse and fall. But if you practice going all the way down and all the way up, one day you will be doing a push-up without realizing that you're not snaking anymore. Because you don't have to. Because most people don't go all the way down when they're doing a push-up. They don't go all the way down. Yeah. And so it's pretty incredible that it works that way. And on mm-hmm. the and then on the sit-ups, you have you curl all the way down. So you're mm-hmm. not doing just using your what would you call that? Hip flexors. Hip yeah. flexors, right? Yeah. And that's and actually it, what we're trying to eliminate you from using is hip flexors. Right. So you roll down mm-hmm. and you roll up mm-hmm. and and you just do as many as you can. You just have people start wherever they're at, mm-hmm. and um and then jump rope. You just do as many as you can. Yeah, jump rope's a coordination thing. It's a it's a skill uh, for sure, but it's one of those things that a lot of people assume. Oh, I haven't jump roped in thirty years. I can't jump rope, or I've never tried it. Right. Uh, well, you know, get in there and, and wing it and go for it. You're not going to really hurt yourself jumping, you know, uh, two inches off the ground. 
Um, you know, and the same thing applies when someone goes to do a sit up. A lot of times we just have mental barriers, like I was talking about earlier, where we assume that we can't do certain things. I have one of my favorite uh, people at the gym. When she first started, she was there for a couple months, and I, I kept noticing that she was doing a crunch instead of a sit up. And as she was doing this crunch, um, one day I told her, I said, Hey, you're capable of doing a sit up, so I'm not going to let you do crunches anymore. And she said, well, I can't do a crunch. And I said, if your kid was sitting right in front of you and was about to fall into a fire, you would sit up. You wouldn't crunch and just go, oh, he's going to burn. No, you'd sit up and you'd grab that kid. And I said, so sit up. And she sat up and she's been doing sit-ups ever since. (laughs) But in her mind, she thought, well, this is as far as I can go. She created a range of motion mentally that wasn't there physically. It didn't mean it wasn't hard. It was hard. She had to work for it. But it's achievable. It is amazing that anyone can do this. It is. What has been your oldest person in CrossFit? I had an 85-year-old for a couple of months, and then she moved to New Zealand. Right now we have um, uh, six to ten people who are in their 60s right now, and they're five days a week. Some of them are five days a week. Yeah. Um, it, it is It is amazing. And they're all different shapes. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're all in well, – Every say? type of body you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and as out, out of shape as they can be to mm-hmm. really they've been coming a while and they're yeah. looking really I mean, good. We got guys who just graduated from Texas A&M who played football. And then we got people who are 400 pounds. Well, and part of it is just starting where you are. And I think that's yep. what was so attractive to my family that, you know, you, you don't, you're not doing it as a class. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you had the workout written down on the board mm-hmm. and you took the five sessions with them to teach them the workout. Mm-hmm. So then they come in and they just get their own section of the mat, you know, mm-hmm. a mat mm-hmm. on their own there and they do it themselves, whatever mm-hmm. they can do. You may and be we- in a class, but it's your workout. Right. Well, the warm-up is before class, right, right on your own. Right. So I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and so you do what you can through the warm-up, and then you come over when you're ready. And then, again, when you're teaching, you say um, at your level, what do you call it? When you, you tell you, – you, Oh, prescribed. Prescribed right. means as, as well as you can do it. Mm-hmm. But your main thing is the form. Right. You don't care how many. You care about it being done right. Right. Well, if you can't do it right, there's no point in doing a bunch of them. Yeah, isn't that funny, though? I don't think most people would have thought that. And the people that, like, if you're competing in the gym, because I I don't yet, but there are people that you compare the weight and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's the people who do it right and do fewer Mm -hmm. that end up beating the people who did it wrong and even maybe heavier and did Mm -hmm. more. Absolutely. Well, you know, there's a movement standard, and the standard is created, one, for what's best for the body, but two, for what is fair and measurable. You know, if you do a squat that only goes down three inches and I do one that goes down two feet— and then you say you did more squats than me. Mm, I mean, you may have, but my squat moves 24 inches. Yours moves three. So you end up right? winning. So I'm moving farther than you are. But um, if we don't create a standard, then people stop working to, to win. They stop working to be better. They stop working to compete because it's not fair. And the standard is to help you truly stay safe. Mm-hmm. You truly get stronger and you get better. And our prescription workouts are written so that people can see what we're capable of, not so that they have an instruction of what they're supposed to do. So if people were going to reach you, what would be the best way to reach you? Uh, Probably my phone number, uh, 818-804-8353. Or you could always go to longhorn-crossfit.com. There's a contact us button on there that you could send us an email from. You could send an email to longhorncrossfit at yahoo.com. Uh, that all comes directly to me. So if there's anything you had, questions, any concerns, or if you just wanted to try it, even if you wanted to try it in another state or another town, I'd be happy to tell you how to do that and what CrossFits are around. Um, they are everywhere now. So 
there are some that are better than others, and, and it's pretty easy to figure those out. I am so glad to have you on. This has been Thank wonderful. You. And I think that you gave people a lot of insight of some basic things they can do to get healthier. And, and really, your, your desire to help people accomplish and strive for unlocking their potential mm-hmm. because they don't know what it is. Right. And so in closing, when you think of potential, what do you usually think of with people? Uh, I think that everybody doesn't see what they're capable of. I think secretly we all have a wish. Right. If I were a genie and I could snap my finger and give you a physical ability, what would you pick? Would you ever say that to me if I wasn't a genie? Probably not because you think it's ridiculous. Why not strive for it? Why not strive for it? Why not? Yes. Right. What if you get it? Yeah. What just if you go don't? For it. If you don't strive for it, you know you're not going to get it. Right. If you do, you might. So we'll leave you with that. So you guys just step out, start, and just try. Start it to reach your goal and your dream. And thank you for being on Living Well with Anvil. Thank you, you, Freddie. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week, and we'll have Chad Henning with the Cowboys. Take care. Have a great week. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week. 